This episode is supported by Messenger Girls, a faith and frontier book, boutique, and gift store. Go to www.messenger-girls.com and use promo code IGST10 for 10% off your order today. Once again, that's messenger-girls.com and use promo code IGST10 for 10% off your order. Welcome back to the Ngachi Trust podcast with your host, Kitri. And it's just me today. Tasha is really sick with like 102 degree fever. And so um, she won't be here, but she will be back next week when she's feeling better. Um, So I get to um, pretty much do whatever I want this week. Um, So I was thinking about what to do and what to talk about um, just by myself. And then the Holy Spirit brought a very special person to mind. And so I will be playing um, a phone call that I had with um, my mentor, Sonia Worley. And she's a very, very special person to me. And she just, um, she loves the Lord so much. She knows the Lord and um, God gave her a specific word. And so this is the phone call that I had with her. So welcome Sonia Worley. Hello. Hi, friend. How are you? Can you hear me? I'm good. Yes, I can. Let me turn you off of speakerphone so I'm not picking up the background noises. Okay, sounds good. Well, thank you so much for, for being on for me. Um, I really appreciate it, especially, you know, kind of um, last minute. You know, it's kind of funny. I For our listeners at home, I texted Sonia this morning, and I was like, hey, I think you would be really great to be on the podcast one day. Um just because, you know, you love the Lord so much and you're just full of wisdom. And so I was like, this is great. And then Tasha literally texted me like, hey, I have a 102 degree fever. There's no way I'm going to expose you to my sickness. And then I was like, hey, Sonia, you want to record today? Uh, this would be, it'd be, it's, it's great. So um, I consider you like my mentor. You came uh, into my life in a very rocky place for me. And um, you were just a, a perfect gift from God in that moment. And you've, you know, just continued to be so special and such a blessing to me. And I, I just knew that, you know what, our listeners deserve to, to hear your wisdom. So I really appreciate you being on. Well, thank you. It's an honor. And I just love the way that the Lord orchestrates things and has answered your mother and father's prayer to bring people into your life at that yeah. moment that you were willing and ready to listen. And that is also as a mother and grandmother, definitely has been my prayers for not only my own children, but many other children's lives I've been involved in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it was definitely needed. And you said something that was really good. I had to be willing and ready to listen. And, you know, mm-hmm. you can, you can get advice from anybody, but if you're not willing and you're not you know, open to the advice and being receptive, you know, it's just going to fall on deaf ears. But I was just kind of to a point where I was just like, something has to get better. 
and what obviously what I'm doing is not working. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm going to seek out advice from people who are wiser than me, better than me, ha- are more, you know, at that point, like faith filled. And so, um, so a lot, I've had like some questions. People are asking like, what is a mentor? Like, what does a mentor okay. do? Okay. And so, okay, so what would you say? Go ahead. Well, I would say everyone needs a coach, a mentor, and a friend. Yeah. Uh, uh, a coach holds you accountable, which your friend and, and, and mentor should also. But I totally believe this is one of my quotes for life. If you want to grow, you must have someone hold you accountable. I, I So think about this. Agree. If you go to the gym and you are working with a coach, guess what? You're going to get 10 times the results if, than if you go alone. Is this true? Mm-hmm. I, yep. And because I'm a fitness coach, I can 100% say that is 100% true. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So, and for several reasons, you know, think about <clears throat> uh, we as humans want encouragement. We want approval. We want, uh, and we need these things and we strive on these things. So, um, you know, I think about the movie Rocky. Okay, we're all not Rocky. If we were locked in Russia in 10 feet of snow in a cabin, we're not going to do our setups and our pull-ups, okay? Yeah. (laughs) So, we're we're all not there. Yeah, for sure. But we can get there and we can learn the diligence of opening the Word of God daily and the number one way God speaks to us is through his word. Amen. Yes, God speaks to me through the sky as the sun rises in the morning and the sunset. Mm-hmm. As the breeze blows against my face, I am so grateful for fresh air. Yes, he speaks to us through friends and fabulous books. You know, the things in five years that's going to change your life is the books you read. Yeah. And, 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 and obviously, you know, the Word of God are the best book, right? <clears throat> the best book changes our life and fills our soul. So what is a mentor? Someone that is willing to invest in you. Someone, if you ever read, uh, I think this was Gary Smalley. Uh, he did The Blessing. Now, don't quote me on that. But uh, he's talking about the five blessings a parent gives their children. And one of them is that speaking a future over them, a good Mm. positive future. Now you think about people that are in prison will tell you, ask them, what did you hear from whoever raised you, your parents or your foster parents or whatever? Mm -hmm. What did they speak over you? You're a failure. You're never going to amount to anything. Mm. And as I say these words, if someone's listening and you feel the pain of that, you have soul wounds and the Lord can heal them. Yeah, absolutely. And that's... So a mentor is speaking one of the five blessings that we all need, one of them is physical touch and, you know, the stability. Mm-hmm. But one of them is speaking a future, a positive, I know you can do this. I, You are going to do great things in life. You are amazing. Yeah. You know, we need to hear this daily just as we need to eat good, nutritious food. We need mm-hmm. encouragement. And if you're not getting that from someone, find a mentor because a mentor I have an all-growth Bible study. Mm-hmm. They're, they're 13, they can be 14, then I've got one 16-year-old. 
I'm just thinking, where would I be today if I had someone that met with me weekly and opened the Word of God and taught me the Word of God? We memorize the Word of God and we talk about how is Satan lying to us? What is he saying to you? Now, how can we replace that lie with the truth? Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, we, Tasha and I just, you know, a few weeks ago released an episode called Watch Your Mouth and it was talking about what you speak over people or what people have spoken over you and how much power we have in our words, especially if we are in Christ, we have that authority of Christ. So whatever we speak out, whether good or bad, you know, Mm -hmm. what, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the, the life and death is in the power of the tongue and whoever eats its fruit will become of that. So that that's really, really important, especially if you grew up in that, um, you know, in a, in a home where, you did not have life spoken over you. And it's like, how do you break those curses? And yeah, that's a really good point that you need somebody who, you know, is not just like saying nice things to you to kind of like boost your ego, but actually believes it to be true because they have the word of God in them and they have the authority of Jesus in them. And that's really, really important because if you've only been told you're a failure your whole life, you're going to eventually start believing it. That's right. That's right. You're going to give into those lies. So what is a mentor is someone like my little girls they we ride horses together and so that puts us in a whole different setting you know than opening the bible but they see me uh and they watch me with the horses or we work the kennel together or we go to a dog show together so they get to see me in a whole different stressful setting as a mentor of someone that loves you mm. de- deeply yeah. and is willing to invest in your life. Yeah. And it's an, it's an investment, you know, it's like making, putting like deposits into, you know, like a bank, right. You have to invest and you have to put time into it. Mm-hmm. And like, I would, I would also say that like, um, mentors have to be not just like willing to invest in you, but like when they, when you like when they meet with you, you get their attention. You know what I mean? They're not checking their watch. Oh. They're not checking their phone. They're not like making you feel like, oh, you're a burden on me. They're like, no, I want to actually give you what I have. And that was one thing I really appreciated with you is like every time we talked, I had your full attention. You, you oh. know, you listened intently and like you heard me and I actually felt seen and I felt heard. And that was one thing I think that really helped that that relationship grow and actually helped me kind of come out of my funk was because I felt that you actually cared and that I wasn't a burden on you. Right. Absolutely. And you weren't, a, you were not. And, you know, I just look back at that first phone call and I just smile at the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit because I had never met you. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even say your name correctly. <laughs> and everything that the Lord led me to say to you, you were like, ouch, you hit the bullseye, ouch, ouch, you know, and so, but how do we get our soul wounds healed? It can be painful, Mm -hmm. but are we ready to pull the Band-Aid off and to work on this wound? Yeah, yeah, instead of just putting Band-Aid over Band-Aid over Band-Aid over, like, this deep wound, and it'll just eventually start rotting, and you're like, okay, well, a Band-Aid isn't going to fix it. You actually have to do surgery now, and so, yeah, (laughs) It's great. God can do that. God is the healing can be painful, but it is necessary, and it is so as you can testify. Mm-hmm. Amazing on the other side, and you know I 
I can hear the things that you said to me about you had you were you felt very stuck. Mm-hmm. You felt um, <clears throat> you weren't really on that first call even ready to do the things that you needed to do mm-hmm. to break some soul ties yep. and get healthy. But yep. <clears throat> week by week, you took one. You know, if you have to pick your foot up with your hands, yep. if you have to crawl, if someone's listening, mm-hmm. the Lord will crawl with you. Yep, he will. He will. Yeah. He will. He wants you healthy. He wants your soul healed. And he has healing for you. Yeah, he wants you whole. He doesn't he doesn't intend to find us broken and leave us there. Exactly. He finds us broken and moves back together. Yeah. And it's um and through through you that was a big part of like my healing. And, you know, like I, like you had said, I had like these massive soul ties with my, with my last relationship. And, um, if anyone doesn't know what a soul tie is, it's when mo- I think you can have two types of soul ties, emotional or physical, um, or you can have both of them at the same time. And I think that's what I was dealing with. You can emotionally tie your soul to somebody else, um, you know, through how they make you feel all of this stuff. And then, you know, there's the physical where it comes through, you know, sex. And so I had both of them from my last relationship. And so, like that soul tie, I, it was, I was never taught that. And I had like, you know, I told, I talked, told Sonia this, I was like, I didn't know what that was. And if I would have known when I was younger, it might've, you know, stirred me in a different direction, but you know, things happen. And so you like helped me through breaking that and like how I could, cause like I had to do the work. I always say Mm -hmm. what you do not reveal, God cannot heal. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I had to also allow myself to be vulnerable with you and like tell you mm-hmm. everything that that I went mm-hmm. through you know that we went through a miscarriage and that we went through all mm-hmm. of this stuff and we were planning our wedding and then he changed his mind and it was just a lot of pain and then you mm-hmm. had that soul tie from it and mm-hmm. I like remember like I could feel the pain in my chest where it felt like my mm-hmm. like I was literally being ripped apart and you're like yeah that's that soul tie breaking and you mm-hmm. taught me how to speak over that and that was and like you even sent me a book too mm-hmm. You sent me a book. I still have that book and I still have your card. It's up on my, my refrigerator. Um, and that, and you, you told me what to say. It was like, I, I, I break my soul from theirs. I break, you know, my, I give their soul back to them and I ask God to come in and repair mine again. And that was another, I think a, that's a big step for people, mm-hmm. especially cause like a lot of hurt comes out of broken relationships mm-hmm. and not necessarily mm-hmm. like physical relationships or sexual relationships, just out of relationships in general, there can be a ton mm-hmm. of pain attached to that. And, mm-hmm. but like, once again, like I've said, if you don't reveal it, God won't heal it because he's not going to overpass right. your, your free will. So, but, so let's just talk about that a minute and, and I'll just throw out a couple of good resources here. Yeah. Uh, uh, Carrie Savelle Foy, if you look up on the web, I just love her. She sounds she looks like a Barbie doll, and she sounds like a five-year-old. Do you say Perry Chevelle? T- Terry Chevelle. Okay. Foy, F-O-Y, Foy is her last name, her married name, and she's just adorable, and she has some great resources out on Soul Ties, but let's just mm-hmm. talk about that because someone who's listening, um, you have Soul Ties with your 
parents that we hope are healthy and good yep. with your siblings, maybe especially if there was a large family, you had um, someone, one of them. I have a twin sister. Trust me, we're very tied. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. You know? Yeah, that's what I was talking uh, about, that emotional soul tie. Right, and that's not, as long as they're healthy, it, that's not wrong. We should have good uh, ties to people. So here is the part that gets unhealthy. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, is... Um, you know, things that the Lord uh, specifically says in the Word of God, you know. Yep. I think this is in Leviticus or Deuteronomy and the law where he's talking about. Now, why would God have to tell people? It says, in, he says, do not, father-in-laws, do not sleep with your daughter-in-laws. Hello, yep. people, come on now. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Like, you would <laughs> think that problem. would be, yeah, you would think that would yeah. be common sense. Yeah, I think yeah. it's Leviticus twenty three, if I'm not mistaken. Well, you're 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 more up on this than me because I did not know, I couldn't have told you exactly where that is, but in the book of the law, right? <clears throat> so, uh, they, you know, they, uh, th- this is a soul tie, whether you meant to make it or not. You know, it, 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 correct me, it's the Second Corinthians six or First Corinthians six, where it talks about every sin a man sin he sins outside his body, except his sexual sin. You are sinning against your own body. And, yep. you know, when <clears throat> Paul is saying, can we eat at the table of, uh-huh. the, of Satan and eat at the table of the Lord? No. Yep. And, you know, he says, if you join yourself to a prostitute, you are one. Yeah. You have become one. Yep. And it's and, Leviticus you know, 18, not 23. I don't know where I got that okay. from. But, yeah. Um, so... You know, when Jesus said to look after a woman mm-hmm. and then lust after her, think about having sex with her, this is sin. This mm-hmm. is sin. And I think our, our the next generation after the next generation, we may be teaching them to read and write, but we are not teaching them to bring their thoughts into captivity to yeah. Christ. And this is... Uh, Second Corinthians ten five, is that right? Did I get that? Let me look. Second Corinthians ten five. Here got my Bible out. I was actually in Psalms. Um, it is our responsibility to choose what we think about, and you know, when we put on our armor, that's the enemy firing these darts at us to think ungodly thoughts, whether yeah. they're hateful thoughts or unforgiveness thoughts or um, so, so, so we're just thinking about something here, talking about soul wounds, which for soul wounds and mm-hmm. soul ties can call soul, soul wounds. And someone you're tied to, trust me, can wound you faster than anybody. Spouses, oh, yeah. you're tied together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> think, yep. think about that. So, um, the, so how, how do we how do we break that? That's what, kind of where we started. Like if you know there's something unhealthy, maybe with a, even an unhealthy parent, mm-hmm. you can break that because we have authority in the name of Jesus. Absolutely. How do we do that? We are speaking spirit. Our words have power, yep. and so you re, you can release. And like I said, Terry Savelle Foy has 
and even Joan Hunter has a, a couple of good resources out on this. Mm-hmm. You know, in the name of Jesus, I break this. I give back the part of their soul that is in my soul, and I take back the part of my soul that I gave to them. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly so that's what power. you had me say. I remember that. Yes. Yes, that's your power. And you know, it's funny you said I sent you a book. I had totally forgot about that. And when the Lord inspires me to write something, someone will say, I got a card from you. It's just what I needed to hear. I had no idea what I wrote. Yep. Honestly, I couldn't remember what I wrote. I just wrote whatever, you know, I felt like the Lord wanted them to hear or they needed to hear at that moment. So that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we cannot mm-hmm. take credit for what the Lord is doing. Yeah, you're said to me that you're praying with me and for me and that there is power in the blood. <laughs> That's what it said. I, I mean, I, I'm not even looking at it because I'm because I don't record in my house, but I I've read I read that card so many times that mm. I, I just I have it memorized. And, you know, mm. I was never in the church that I grew up in. I was never taught about it, the authority in Christ. And so mm-hmm. when when I read there is power in the blood, I it I kind of just stared at it for a second and just kind of like I think the Holy Spirit was trying to tell me something like there's power in the blood that covers you from Je- like from Jesus. There is power in his blood because you are covered in his blood. So when the Father sees me, he sees Jesus now. He doesn't see my past. He doesn't see all of the brokenness. All he sees is a whole because I'm covered in the blood and the power of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's true. And that's that, true. That hits home, you know, especially if you were never taught that, you know, it was always um, behavior modification for me. Like, oh, I just have to be a better mm-hmm. person or I have to curse less or I have to, you know, mm-hmm. and it was like, I, I have to pray this amount of time or I have to be in my Bible this amount of time. And like, I still have to fight <laughs> that sometimes where it becomes mm-hmm. almost legalistic, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm like, you know, um, he doesn't want me to tick and check all the boxes with him. He just wants me to give him my heart. It's not about how long did you pray for? Oh, well I prayed for two hours. You only prayed for half an hour. You're a worse Christian than me. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's, it's not that. And well, I just remember feeling that I, he forgave me for my sins of my past, but I couldn't because I felt Mm -hmm. like I, it was, I, it was so broken that Mm -hmm. I had to earn his love back, Mm -hmm. you know, because And I was, I was a quote unquote confessing Christian when I was living that life or that lie, Mm -hmm. I guess. (laughs) Um, And Mm -hmm. I felt for a really long time that I needed to work my way back to righteousness. Mm -hmm. Which was all false. Oh my gosh. So false. Cause you know, and then I just remember later on, he just, I was just like, Lord, I, I'm just sorry. And he's like, girl, like, I don't even remember what you're talking about, you know, because it says as far as the east is from the west, I have, you know, That's I have right. forgiven your sins. And it, there's thrown right. into a sea of forgetfulness. And he's like, you need to forgive yourself because I've already done it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you don't have to do anything. Is this Romans 5 where uh, Paul says, while you were yet sinners, mm-hmm. Christ died for you. Yep. There's nothing you can do to make him love you more, and there's nothing you can do to, that would cause him to love you less. Yeah, he well, loves yep. you, period. While we were still his enemies. Right. And, I mean, yeah. I don't know what any other person ever <laughs> that would die for their enemy. I know, right? I mean, I wouldn't. 
I know, right? I mean, I'm just being honest. I wouldn't. Uh, but I hear you. Yeah. Especially the brutal, brutal, agonizing. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm just got my Bible open to Psalm 55, and this is a um, passion translation, mm. which I do love a lot of this. Brian Simmons has a lot of good things to say. If I could read this out of the passion translation, this is a Psalm 55, verse 22, I think. I have to hold my Bible a long ways away from me. <laughs> yep, go for so it. So for those of you, because I feel that God is going to bring people to listen to this, uh, that we have gaping wounds in our soul. Yeah. And God knows that. And he says, leave all your cares and anxieties at the feet of the Lord, and measureless grace will strengthen you. He will watch over his lovers, never letting them slip or be overthrown. Mm. I love that. And this, it says, he will send all my enemies to the pit of destruction. What are your enemies? Death, hell, the grave, feelings of failure, debt, poverty, lack, these are our enemies. People are not our enemies. Mm. Evil is our enemy. Yeah, that's so true. And and then go right on to the next chapter in 56. Sometimes when I've worked all day and I grab my Bible as I'm settling down to settle myself so I can sleep, my eyes weak and the Bible just wet. Mm-hmm. And I just opened this last night because I was thinking about someone in my life that's going through a really hard time, and I know that they are crying themselves to sleep. Yeah. And it says, You've kept track of all my wandering and my weeping. You've stored my many tears in your bottle. Not one will be lost. For they are all recorded in your book of remembrance. And I, I just think about not only is God catching the tears of that person that's going through that hard time. Yeah. Catching my tears as I pray for that person going through that hard time. I'm like, in, I'm bawling over here <laughs> um, because that verse right there. Um, who I have to collect myself, um, changed the way I looked at God. Um, so when I was, um, like deep in depression, um, I think you had just started mentoring me and I remembered that God had, um, told me to leave that relationship and, um, you know, because of the, the soul tie separating and just the, the, the grief that I, I felt from that. And then, um, you know, losing the person that I lost my baby with, it was just, you know, that trauma bond was also breaking. And so it was very, very painful. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, um, I wasn't in my word, um, all throughout that relationship, obviously. <laughs> um, but it was, um, I was in my first apartment that I was completely doing by myself, you know, and, um, I was alone and I just, um, remember feeling how much grief I felt 
and I couldn't hear God's voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't feel his presence because sometimes the, the grief is so overwhelming. That's all you can feel. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I remember I was yelling at him. I was so, like, broken. I was so hurt. And I was like, you told me to leave, and then you abandoned me. Um, and I was just, I was yelling. And um, I at this point, I had viewed God the way I viewed men. Um, just another yeah. disappointment. Always going to mm-hmm. leave. I'm always going to have to be the one to put myself back together. And I was just mm. sobbing and um, I was at the lowest point where I just, I didn't want to live anymore. And I was mm. just like, you need to, I was like, you are nowhere to be found in the moment that I need you the most. And, um, and then I, I remember kind of saying like, whatever, there's no point in talking to you. I mean, I was really mad, but um, thank, thank the Lord literally that he's a God that can handle all of our emotions. Mm-hmm. Um. And I just, I opened my phone to scroll on Instagram and I followed a Christian creator. I can't remember who posted it, but the very first thing that popped up on my phone was Psalm 56, eight, where it said, I have recorded every wandering in my book and I put, I put your tears in my bottle. And at that mm-hmm. moment, he, sh- he gave me a vision where he was on the bed next to me. He had his hand on my shoulder and he had a bottle up on my cheeks and he was catching every mm-hmm. tear that fell into that bottle. And from then, like, and then in that moment, I immediately felt his presence. It was like, like the biggest hug I have ever felt in my life. And I just bawled my eyes out. And so every time I read that verse, I think I've read Mm -hmm. it a billion times since then. And I still cry because Mm -hmm. it was like in that moment, I finally felt the love that everyone always told me Jesus had for me. But I had never felt it, and I, I had never opened my heart up to that vulnerability, um, mm-hmm. and I'd never died to myself and like you know actually like obeyed God, and so it was like that first mm-hmm. time that I was actually starting to walk in that, and that's why I also love Philippians four six and seven where it says the peace of God surpasses all understanding, mm-hmm. and He will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In that moment of like pure grief, He gave me peace and He gave me comfort. And it was, it wasn't out of anything that I deserved, but that's just like the heart of the Lord. And so when you're like, yeah, let's read Psalm 56. I was just like, oh God, you are so good. Cause I love <laughs> Psalm 56. And I just like, I cry every time. Well, it means your heart is still tender. You don't have a hard heart. Your heart is tender. And I tell you, I don't know anyone that, um, doesn't come out of their childhood without wounds. It, yeah. We get wounded at school. We get wounded if our parents fuss and fight or divorce. Yep. People let us down. Um, to, to horrible, you know, people, these children, I've talked to people that have been in foster care horrible if I treat my dogs better than they have treated these children. Yeah, it's disgusting it's sometimes. The world, you know, the enemy is going to wound us and try to lie to us and tell us that God does not care. Yeah. And I think if I have one torch to carry, it is to tell the world the truth that God laid his life down and died for you. What more could he do? Yeah, no kidding. That's so true. Amen. Like what what else? 
He couldn't do what anything else. else. There's nothing else greater than that. Right. If you walk, sometimes when I take communion, I take that step with Jesus carrying the cross. Then I take another step. Mm-hmm. I put myself in that in Jerusalem. I, I feel how it would have felt for someone to spit on me mm. and forgive them. I feel how it would have felt be beat up. Those soldiers beat them up. They put that crown until there are still scars on his head today from the crown. Mm-hmm. You know, when we take communion, and I do often by myself, they don't do it near enough at church, so I just do it sometimes morning and night. <laughs> yeah. Especially if I'm going through a hard time. Yeah. Remember the price he paid for you. What more could he do to prove his love for you? People, he loves you. If yeah. you don't believe he loves you, you know, everyone knows John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Yep. And that, that is so true. Yep. But and what then, about John three seventeen? Yep, I was he just gonna say not, that. Yeah, he came out into the world to condemn the world. Yep. But the world through him would be saved. Read it for yourself. He's not trying to condemn you. No. He's trying to save you. In Christ, there is no condemnation. At all. And it's it's the lie of the enemy that tries to convince people that you're, you're so broken. You're so dirty. You, right. or, or God doesn't love you. God couldn't love you. He couldn't yeah. forgive you. That's or, a lie. Yeah, or you have to you have to better yourself before you go before him. You have to be pure in order to go before him. We're not pure. We are born into sin. Sin. Yeah. So from look our at very the thief first on breath. The cross. Mm-hmm. Right. The thief on the cross said, Remember me when you come into paradise. He could not better himself. He was being murdered for murdering people. He was a horrible person. Mm-hmm. He was a murderer. That's why they killed him that way. Yep. And Jesus forgave him. Yeah. And I think what's really, I mean, it, it it's not a coincidence that he was crucified between two criminals. And it's, it's also criminal. not a coincidence to me that there was three crosses up there. It was not just Jesus because, you know, um, he said, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He wasn't actually saying that. He was actually quoting Psalm because he was surrounded by Pharisees. And I guess it was a cultural thing that when one person would start quoting um, a piece of scripture because they had to memorize it, they would all start speaking that scripture together. And um, I think this is just my opinion that those three crosses represented God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that all three of them were there. He was not being, you know, forsaken, but he was also in between two criminals. One denied him, and then one person who probably never met him before, I don't know, just said, please remember me, and that criminal, on literally on his, on his death cross or deathbed, mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. saved, and Jesus didn't even think twice about it. He said, you will be with me in paradise. Mm-hmm. And I think that's beautiful because both had a chance. 
both were given an opportunity and Jesus didn't hesitate at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like while he was taking his last breaths, he was still saving those around him. You know, he was forgiving and just talking back about our gaping soul wounds, trusting mm-hmm. folks. We all have, have had them. And, and, and the Lord, the problem with soul wounds is that you can walk out today and someone at Walmart can bump into you with a cart and you see what I'm saying? Yeah. You, we're always being injured, okay? So we need to be healed, just like if we stump our toe or fall down and hit our knees. Um, our bodies were meant to heal themselves. Yeah. And our here is a huge key to getting your soul healed. Forgiveness. Yep. Find out what it is, what it is not. And Jesus never withheld his love. He never withheld his love. They were spitting on him. They were driving stakes. Stakes through his feet. I can't fathom. No, I think most people would pass out from that level of pain. You know, yeah, I mean, I couldn't even imagine the level of pain and then not just the level of pain. Oh, yeah, yeah. just terrible. Like you'd pass out from it. I would, I would think like a normal person would, but then just like, if you look back like a week before his crucifixion, he was like being praised in the streets. And then just a few days later, his own people Turn on people. him. Turn on him. He had healed these people. Yeah. He had raised their dead. Yeah. And then right all of a sudden on. they're like, oh, by the way, yeah, just kill him. And we yeah, talked about last week how betrayal doesn't come from, um, you know, your enemy. It comes Strangers. from the people that yeah. you're closest to, your family, your friends, your, your, your culture, your tribe. Right. And so his very own people were praising him in the streets one day. And then the next they were, they were calling pretty much begging to have him murdered mm-hmm. and were successful yeah. at it. I mean that, and that's emotional and soul pain too, not mm-hmm. just the physical pain. So like there was, I mean, he went through everything. He was mm-hmm. sent for us to go through everything that we go through so mm-hmm. he can save us and know exactly how to help lead us and guide us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Think not that Jesus has not been through. If someone's listening and you think you have gaping soul wounds, Jesus was wounded for you. Yep. He felt everything you felt. He felt. Absolutely. And, um, it's just, um, you know, kind of like going back to those soul wounds. Um, he he won't heal if you don't reveal it. So you like you have to get in a place of vulnerability. And I know that's like for me, vulnerability is scary. But sure. Honestly though, it wasn't until I like allowed myself to be in those moments of vulnerability with God that I actually started to see like the purest form of love from him. Because mm-hmm. he's the only person that will not take advantage of your vulnerability. Mm-hmm. He's the only and one that you can be safe with. Right. And vulnerability is taking off your mask. Yep. Not believe, not living a lie. No filters here. Yeah. He knows everything. <laughs> you, you can't <laughs> keep does. anything from him. He does. Right. So this is one of the thought I had. I saw I, I, last night. I was sitting in bed and crying and, and crying for this person. 
this is what the Lord showed me. The planet Earth, if the planet Earth was the size of a pea, our sun would be the size of a, I don't know, basketball. And compared to Saturn, which would probably be, I don't know, as big as a worm, compared to some of the stars out there, now we're talking about scale, okay? Earth is a pea, a green pea. I don't like peas, green pea. Yep. Some of the stars out there would be the size of a house or a football field. Now, we're talking about a scale here. Wow. The earth is a pea. Wow. The sun is a basketball. Do you think God doesn't have this, folks? God's got this. Mm. He's got this. Just relax, be still, and know that he's God. Yeah. We can't try to put an infinite God into our finite minds. That's like, I mean, it's hard to fathom. I know like a lot of people like, oh, I just can't understand how, well, you can't because he's, he's more than understanding. Like you, you know, and there's been a lot of times where I try to like, um, figure things out. Cause I like logic. <laughs> and mm-hmm. There's, I mean, if you just read the old Testament and I mean, just what he asked Abraham to do, that's mm-hmm. like not, is not logical. For Abraham to be like, oh, yeah, sure, um, I'll just leave everything. Don't know where I'm going, but sure. I mean, to me, that's not logical. Or No, you, it's not logical. At all. Or, you know, asking David, a t- like a small shepherd boy, to go murder a giant, huge Philistine. <laughs> that's not logical. I w- I'd be like, nah, I'm, that's, that's too much. You know, and I mean, if you just kind of like look through – Honestly, anybody. I mean, Matthew was a tax collector, and he just up mm-hmm. and left his life of immense wealth to mm-hmm. follow Jesus, who and was a wanderer. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was hated. It's not logical. They're hated. And I purposely think God doesn't deal in logic because uh, I'm I'm still reading through Ezekiel, and I don't know how many times I have read, and they will know that I am Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't they deal with logic. You. Right. Right. You know, in Ezekiel 18 and again in 32 or 33, maybe 32, God says this. God does not delight in the death of the wicked. No. Yes. Says, oh, my gosh. Yes. Turn from your wickedness. Be healed. Let me heal you. Yeah. And he's like, you keep saying that my ways are unfair, but it's actually your own ways that are unfair. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't mm-hmm. delight in, in the death of people. And so he's mm-hmm. like, please, like, just turn from your, your wickedness. And it says, mm-hmm. you know, anyone who's in wickedness and turns to righteousness, that mm-hmm. their their deeds will not be remembered and that he will be mm-hmm. seen for his righteousness. But if a righteous mm-hmm. person turns to wickedness, his righteousness will mm-hmm. not be remembered, but his wickedness right. will. And yeah, yeah it's, mm-hmm. yep, 18 and 32, it's so powerful. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, because mm-hmm. it doesn't but matter how good God. you are. Yeah, it doesn't. Or it doesn't yeah, matter how bad you are. Yeah, that's right. We're not going to work our way to heaven. No, and I'm so, I'm just so glad <laughs> that's not the case because like you could never work enough. Exactly, exactly. So don't go there. Yeah, um, I also really liked, you know, because we were in Psalm fifty six, um, where it because it's it's a psalm of like asking for his protection, and um just down below in verse 10 and 11, 
Um, it says, in God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid for what can mere humans do to me. Like, mm-hmm. Nobody can take you out of God's hand. Like we're, mm-hmm. we're all kind of obsolete, I guess, in like the, in like the, in like eternity matter. Right. And right. so it's like, he's, he's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's everywhere. He's, he's never not existed. So what can mere people tell you mm-hmm. or do to you mm-hmm. that is going to override the power and the love of God That's right. or, or, or override his power. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if he could, what, uh, what was it? Um, with Elijah, with the, was it the prophets of Baal that they were like constantly saying that their God could like bring down fire or something mm-hmm. and nothing happened. And then nothing happened. Elijah's like, okay, take this altar and completely douse it in water just to, you know, be like, okay, we're, I'm just going to further prove that my God is the only God and is bigger than anything that you could possibly come up with. So douse everything in water. And then it was completely mm-hmm. eviscerated by the fire of mm-hmm. God. Fire fell. Mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. God is fire. <laughs> yes. And call, we can call that fire to burn up the chaff in our life. And mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know why I have this thought. I just want to speak this. We help with, uh, we call them our in-house neighbors. These people are, have found themselves to be without a home. Mm-hmm. And if someone's listening and you don't have a home, you know, Abraham left his home. He had a tent. He left his home. He left his home. Great people of the Bible. Jesus said, I have no place to lay my head. Mm -hmm. It's okay. God loves you. He does not look down on you. Yeah, we've all made poor decisions. Sometimes we're where we are because of our poor decisions. And sometimes it's other things, other people's decisions. It's, it's actually the enemy against us, John 10, 10. Yep. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. If you're looking for abundant life, if you're homeless, if you're living in a motel, Jesus does not look down on you. He says, here, let me cast your care on me. I care for you. Yeah, I care for you. I do love you. You know, there's a story that Jesus tells in Matthew, and he says, at the last day, God is going to, he's going to make this great feast, and he invites all these important, normal, go-to-work-everyday people, and most of them said, we're too busy. And the king said, it's time for the banquet, and no one showed up, all the Mm. quote-unquote. And the king said, go to the highways and the byways and compel them to come in. Well, guess what, folks? Who lives in the highways and the byways? It's homeless people. And the king has invited you in to the marriage supper of the Lamb, to the greatest feast in heaven there will ever be. He's invited you in. He loves you. He died for you. That's so powerful. Yeah, he invites us to eat at his table that we're 
you know, that's only, you know, what the world would say is for every high person, you know, and I, I mean, in this day and age, we make idols out of celebrities, billionaires, millionaires, but that's not what's going to matter in eternity. God that's doesn't right. look at status. He doesn't look at your money. No. He doesn't look at your house. He looks no. at the heart. That's right. And, you know, I think just in my opinion, America is horrible about idol idolizing celebrities, you know, like making celebrities mm -hmm. pretty much are like, we don't have King and Queens, but we do in our hearts. Right. Yeah. I mean, Beyonce is called yeah. the queen. Yeah. And you know, we idolize these people who are just as broken yeah. and just as sinful as we are. Yeah. Yeah. But there's grace for them as well. But God yeah. is no respecter of persons. So, he loves Paul and Peter and Abraham the same way mm -hmm. he loves me. He wants, he blessed mm -hmm. them the same way he wants to bless me. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily, I think some people think that, Oh God only blesses certain people because, Oh, well look that celebrity has a ton of money. God only, you know, must only want to bless some people. No, he blesses us in different ways, but it's also mm -hmm. like what the, I also think the blessing sometimes is not seen for generations because Abraham didn't necessarily see his promise for generations. Correct. And That's what it says to Hebrews 11. Mm -hmm. he, he had, I mean, he died without seeing the promise, but God is still That's fulfilling right. his promise. Mm -hmm. Still, your children will be as the sand of the sea, as the stars in the sky. And I also think that God doesn't just want to bless us here on this earth, but he also wants to bless us in the spiritual realm as well. Um, I can't remember the verse right now where it talks about that there will be rewards in heaven, that he's going to oh, like yeah. burn up all of our deeds and whatever's left is going to be our reward. And so it does like, it doesn't matter how much money you had on earth. It's going to matter right. what you did for the kingdom of God in eternity, right. because this life is just a snap of the finger or even less right. compared to eternity. And blessings don't necessarily mean to me here on this earth. Oh. I mean, yeah, he wants us to, but if we have to, if we have to suffer for a little time on this earth in order to get a great reward in heaven, that's where it is. That's where the promise and the blessing also mm -hmm. is going to become fulfilled 10 times or hundred times over. Mm -hmm. And that, that verse you're talking about is in revelations where he's talking about everything we do is going to be tried by fire. So if you gave a homeless person, ten dollars or bought them a meal that act is going to be tried by fire and if your motive was to be seen by man or whatever your motive was it's going to be mm -hmm. tried by fire and it says wood hay and stubble will burn up oh the only thing that's going to come out of that is something that was done with the pure motive of love yeah and so homeless people minister to each other. If they have two blankets, they are more than willing to share one. That motive, God, they will get a reward for that. They will get a reward for that. Yeah. And, you know, here, here's the other thing that Jesus told another story. He said, <clears throat> I think this is Matthew 13, the ghosts and the sheep, right? The ghosts on the left and the sheep on the right. Guess yep. what? The goats do not make it into heaven. Yep. And the reason they didn't, Jesus said, 
When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was homeless, you brought me in. When I was in prison, you visited me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. And, well, the ghost, he, Jesus said, you didn't. And they said, well, we never saw you, Jesus. If we saw you, we gave you stuff to drink. We gave you stuff to eat. Yep. And Jesus said, as you have done unto the least of these, you have done unto me. Yeah. Depart from me, you who work iniquity. Then he said to the sheep, enter in. And the sheep were like, why are we going to enter in? Because when you saw me hungry, you fed me. When yep. you saw me naked, you clothed me. When you saw me thirsty, when you saw me, they were there in love meeting these people's needs. So wherever you're at, I don't care if you're living in a motel, bloom for your planet. Yeah. Bloom for your planet. And I understand we are sometimes where we are because of addiction and because of our soul wounds that drive us to addiction. But yeah. I'm just telling you, God can heal you. Yes, he can. He's willing. He's ready. He is able. Yeah, I mean, just speaking from personal experience, like I said, I didn't want to live. I wanted to die, and it felt like I was never going to be healed. It took time, and, you know, sometimes I still have to heal from certain things, but I, I never thought this type of peace was possible, to be completely honest. And... Mm-hmm. I wouldn't get it from anyone else. Even like the the best person, you know, I, I wouldn't get that piece from. It's only him who gives that. And I just keep hearing, you are not your past. Ooh, good. You are not your past. And Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past for mm-hmm. I am doing a new thing. And he, he, I mean, he makes all things new. I just keep hearing you are not your past. And I don't necessarily, I mean, that's definitely um, for someone, but like that's also for me because this week the enemy has really, really tried bringing my past back up. Because mm. um, I'm praying for a holy husband. I'm praying for a godly man. Mm. And all I keep hearing is um, when you tell him about the miscarriage, he's going to leave. When, you, when, you, when he knows about your past and, and who you used to be, he's not going to want to be with you. If you actually, you know, well, a, a know. godly man actually wants a godly woman, so why would he want used baggage? And I'm just like, devil, no. shut up. <laughs> yeah, we know that's a lie because it's coming from the enemy. That's not coming from God. No. So we know that's a lie because it's coming from the enemy. Yeah. And it, I mean, it, but he's so, oh gosh, he's relentless sometimes though. <laughs> like of course he, he is, that's his job. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, last night I was just, I was praying for my husband and um, some, I think sometimes God is like over me, like not praying for him, but like, God, where is he? Where is he? He's like, he's like, do you want it in your timing or mine? Because what one is going to be perfect and one is not. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to mm-hmm. do it your way, you mm-hmm. can do it your way, but it's not going to be what you want. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. fine. So I think sometimes like my prayers turn into more complaints than anything. So I'm, mm-hmm. 
I'm working on that. Um, instead mm. of like, Oh Lord, please bless me. Please. Sometimes it's like, where is he? You know? And it, it, <laughs> and I have to watch that, that, that I go right. into my prayer with Thanksgiving and that it doesn't mm-hmm. turn into a complaint. Like, why mm-hmm. haven't you and done that, this for me? Mm-hmm. He's working on you. The truth is when you're ready, when you are ready yeah. to sustain this relationship. So after being married 40 years, here's my two good pieces of advice if you want to be happily married. Number one, get a pencil and piece of paper out and write what you want. Dark hair, blonde hair, blue eyes, <laughs> tall, short. Seriously, this is hilarious. In our church, this elderly woman, her husband had died and this elderly man, his wife had died. And so this is funny. Her testimony was she wrote down, oh, he could be tall. She is short. And he was like six four maybe and she's <laughs> probably barely five foot it was hilarious to see them so she gives his testimony years after they were married but it was his name was paul his holding brother paul precious precious so anyway i'm just saying whatever you write down um you know good with your finances stable in love with the lord filled mm-hmm. with the spirit uh have a house whatever you want write it down okay and then number two this is the selfless part it's the easy part to write your candy list now, here <laughs> your candy is the list. i love that here's what but write it down because because when you get clear when you get clear okay <clears throat> it helps it it helps you know where you're going when you get clear write it down pray pray cry out to god for that person strengthen that person pray that angels would be around that person pray they would be in their word pray they would have godly people around them pray they would say no to their flesh Mm. plead the blood over them pray for that person hang that piece of paper up and pray for that person and pray for that person because the truth is god in his infinite wisdom has already chosen your spouse yeah. Yeah, and he he knows the desires of our hearts. I think even more than we do. Um mm-hmm. you know, and so like I have a list. It doesn't have any physical qualities on it. Um because, you know, I'm just like, well, I I like darker men. <laughs> but there, there there you go. That's uh, what you, know, you want. But um there's, there's like kind of in the back of my mind, well, like those are always the men that hurt me the most. But I also, like, <laughs> I'm like, Lord, if he's good looking, I don't care if he's, if he's as white as a pa- piece of paper or darkest night, as long as I think he's good looking, I don't care. He can have a beard. He could be blonde. He could be blue eyed. He could be dark eyed. I don't really care. But the first thing that I, th- I think I have three things on my list. First off, like, I want him to have a a heart after the Lord Mm -hmm. Um, because I have found out that um, if he doesn't have a heart for the Lord, he won't have a heart for me. That's right. Because he, like, if he loves, because husbands are supposed to love their wives as Christ loved the church. So if he doesn't Mm -hmm. love God, he's not going to go to God and ask him how to, how to be, you know, my husband, how to, how to love me in the way that I, that I need to be loved and vice versa, because like God needs to be my first love. So when I'm given Mm -hmm. that husband, I know how to be a wife to him. The second thing I have Mm -hmm. on there is I just, I want to be able to fully be myself 
that I, I don't. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that I don't like sit in fear that if I, if I say the wrong thing, I'm going to feel judged by him. Or, you know, I, I'm a sucker for dad jokes. If, hopefully he'll laugh at those. You know, I can just completely be myself and that there's not one thing that like I'm going to be afraid to tell him because if I'm afraid to tell him one thing while we're dating, I'm going to be afraid to tell him stuff when I'm married. Right. right. So no hiding. No hiding. No hiding. And then the third thing is I want him to be good with finances because I'm not good with math. <laughs> and I had to set my budget this week and it was so stressful. I'm like, I hate money. I hate dealing with it. So I would like a husband <laughs> that is good with finances because I don't want to have to deal good. with it. So those are my, my three things, you know, then I'm like, Lord, if, if he good looking, thank you, <laughs> you know, but you know, I, you know, I was so young when I got married was I, which is now I find bald men incredibly attractive if they shave, you know, and it's all gone. Mm -hmm. uh, the Mr. Clean look, I love, but, I, but I think when I was growing up, I thought, because my dad has great hair and he's 82 and he still has great hair. And nice. my daughter has to wear two ponytails. She has so much hair. And I, and um, I just did not want a, uh, and my husband still has a full head of hair. So I think that was, I should have made a lot more requests. I want to marry a man that's going to have hair at 60, right? Right. Give him a full set of hair so our kids don't bald by the time they're 25. Yeah. Yeah. Which was yeah. silly because I have beautiful friends. And this is funny. Rachel and I was at a art concert and I saw this real tall guy and his beautiful woman. And I don't know why I said that. He was, he had shaved, you know, mm -hmm. I said, I, I just got to tell you, I love your lack of hair. <laughs> he just laughed. That's he, was, he was a fine looking man. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like the, uh, Tasha and I were talking on our podcast. I think that's going to be, um, it's going, it's going to be released. Um, that we were talking about, uh, Joseph who was sold into slavery and, you know, Potiphar's wife. And it like mm -hmm. says in the Bible that, David was handsome and of good stature. And I'm like, I told mm -hmm. Tasha, I said it on the podcast. I was like, that's God's way of saying he was fine. <laughs> you know? He was a fine looking man. He was a good looking man. I mean, obviously this woman was craving after him for a long time and she was persistent too, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, but uh, I just am like, okay, I'm just going to make sure that I, I, I pray in the spirit a lot. I pray over my husband and then, mm -hmm. you know, because sometimes, like, I think I know what I want, but God knows what I want and what mm -hmm. I need. What you need. And That's right. so I'm like, I don't really care what he looks like. God, just give me the man you know I need. Mm -hmm. That's good. And if it's from God, he's going to be of God, too. And that, mm -hmm. you know, that one thing, you know, when I was telling you that Satan was, you know, uh, telling me about my past, God was like, if he's from me. It's not going to matter. That's right. Because if he has a heart That's after right. me, he's going to see that you're not that person anymore, you know. And um, like, yeah, I, I messed up. I had soul ties with with people. I was not pure, but I can reclaim my purity. Like I have a purity ring on That's my right. hand now, in That's place right. of where my wedding ring is going to be. And I told God, I said, from where you brought me from, and where the, all the shame that was tied to my sexual past, I would, it would be a spit in his face for me to go back to that. And so mm. like, I don't care like how badly I miss sex. 
I'm sacrificing my flesh because I, it would be like recrucifying Christ again. What is that? That's in Hebrews somewhere that, you know, if we just do not crucify Christ again. Yeah. And I just, I owe him everything that I am. I owe him my life. So Mm -hmm. like this ring is on until another one. Good. So here's another thing right on your list. I want someone that's great in bed, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) You know, God is so good. I did not put that on my list. (laughs) Yeah, I I did not put that on my list, but trust me. uh, Our theme song is Nobody Does It Better. And he just, it embarrasses him. I put that on Facebook every anniversary, right? (laughs) Well, I I read studies that they they, they say that people who waited until they were married to have sex actually have a better sex life than people mm-hmm. who, who have not. And mm-hmm. you know, the, the enemy tries to tell you lies like, Oh, if you don't have sex with your boyfriend or fiance before you get married, like what if you have horrible, a horrible sex life when you're married? And that's like the, the biggest crock of crap I, I can hear because mm-hmm. it, it scares yep. people into, you know, getting those soul ties into like idolizing mm-hmm. sex into idolizing people, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. like sex is amazing because God made it. And so he made it mm-hmm. good, but he, mm-hmm. he put boundaries on it because he knows what it does to our hearts and to our souls when it mm-hmm. is not under, you know, his mm-hmm. covering. And so he wants mm-hmm. us to like, he, he gave it to us as a gift, but it needs to be in the right boundary Correct. because it hurts when it's not. And what I told my mom this, I said, you know what? I said, yeah, sex is great, but you know what's going to make it greater is when there's no shame afterwards. That's right. That's right. And so, like, you know, and I had a I had a dance student ask me why I have a ring on my on my wedding finger. She's like, you're not married. I said, nope. And she's so she asked me what it was, and I almost like didn't tell her because I didn't want her like to feel uncomfortable. I said, well, it's a purity ring. And she goes, oh, that's really cool, actually. And I was like, okay, yeah. And, you know, (laughs) and it's just like, you know, just because I'm, you know, quote unquote, technically not pure does not mean that like, I'm still that I can, you can reclaim your purity. So if there's like anyone who's out there like, oh, well, you know, what's it, what, what difference does it make? You know, I've already had sex. I'm not pure. Oh no, you can reclaim it. Mm -hmm. And you can walk in that purity. It's your choices, you know, second Corinthians 10, 5. Take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. Yes. We take captive every thought. So our purity is begins in our thought life. If you're reading mm. romance novels, please throw them away. I don't care if they're Christian romance novels. <laughs> throw them away. Yeah. Read the Word of God. Yep. It's the greatest love book there is. It is. Yeah. I mean, and I don't really... I love, oh my gosh, I love Nicholas Sparks books and his movies, but I don't watch them anymore because what I found is it like makes me like almost lust after a fictional character or like after something that's not real. Like it's obviously made up. It's supposed to like make women swoon and like there's nothing wrong with liking romance, but it Mm -hmm. like makes me go like almost lust after something that's not real. Right. And well, it's the same way with pornography for men. Yep. It's not real. Those women really don't look that way. Trust me, they don't. That's all airbrush and computerized, and yeah, and and there's demons behind it, and there can be demonic behind this romance oh too. My gosh, yeah. When we, the or if we, that's not real life. Trust me, I've been married forty years. Yeah, porn it, is that's not real. Not real life. They're not always romantic. They're not always. Yeah nice and kind when they've had a hard day but we so here here is the attitude too 
if you were look, single and you were looking or seeking, year, years and years ago when Bachelor first started, I watched a few episodes. And what was really sad is these women weren't trying to catch a man. Well, honey, what are you going to do with your man when you catch him? What you going to do? You are supposed to be ministering to that man. You're supposed to be laying your life down for that man. You're supposed yep. to be picking up his clothes and scrubbing the toilet for that man. You, you ha- or how or however it is that, you're, that the Lord has called you to minister for him. Are you going to grab about he didn't wash his dish and put it in the dishwasher? Are you going to minister to him? So what I saw was these women worked so hard on their hair, their eyelashes, and their booty. Mm-hmm. They were not prepared to lay their life down for their man. They wanted someone to take care of them. Yep. And that's going into marriage with the wrong attitude. And I learned a long time ago, it is so much easier just to pick up their dirty clothes and thank God for your man Mm -hmm. as to try to make him pick them up. Give it up. And I heard a very wise Christian woman say, do it. And if you can't do it, don't complain, don't do it. Yeah. But she said, you can have the right attitude and you can do it and not complain. Yeah. Um, and I tell myself, millions of Chinese women would trade places with me. Oh, absolutely. Because, like, I mean, there are some women, especially there, that are trapped in abusive relationships. Yes. Like, and, and no way out. No way and out. No way out. And, you know, God right. does not call us to be in an abusive relationship. No. Right? So, like, no, if, no, if no, your no. husband's, like, abusing you or whatever, that's not, that's completely different. No. But um, you... The- brought up one thing that I kind of like I've had a heart for that I've wanted to talk about but I wouldn't I didn't know how to and you kind of brought up like how uh, like porn and how that's like a huge um you know like you know romance novels for women porn for men but like um I read a statistic that one third of um porn watchers are women and so like women struggle with it too but it's it's another lie that um I, I have seen this in the next generation that they are marketing to women yeah. But you need to see the demonic, uh, uh, the power behind it. And when mm-hmm. it is unmasked and you can see the demonic behind it, you can see how horrible and ugly and wretched and, mm-hmm. oh, well, you, and, it's not beautiful. And it ruins that. relationships it, because it gives you oh a, 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 a completely dark view of like how, how intimacy is supposed to be between a man and a woman. But it says like 65% mm-hmm. of young adult men and 18% of women report watching pornography at least once a week. And that mm-hmm. um, 84% of people between the ages of 18 and 49 have watched pornographic films, either on television or rented. And like 82% have like viewed porno- uh, pornography like in magazines and stuff porn the porn industry makes more than um the nfl and amazon um and like a, one other company combined you're kidding i had no idea well you know i've always said sex sells yeah and i, I mean yeah it's like yeah it, they make more than the nfl i think it's minor league baseball and amazon combined it's it's like a Crazy. multi-billion dollar industry, and um, well, what? it's an, and it's and it and it also it if like you're in a marriage and you're watching pornography, there there's mm-hmm. also a, a statistic that says pornography increases the um, rate of divorce by three hundred percent. Well, I can see that because it sows seeds of 
dissatisfaction, mm -hmm. comparison. No one can live up to the, the, the artificial. We can't. And the demonic behind it. So what people need to see, when you participate in this, demons vomit on you spiritually, and this mm -hmm. slime follows you around, and it attracts other demons. They're, Rick Joyner, uh, he did this book, The Final Quest, amazing and he talks a little bit about the spiritual he talks a lot about the spiritual world but he talks a little bit about demons and what they're doing in the spiritual realm yep. and um so to get away from that it's not it's like if you were smoking and you want to quit smoking it's more than a physical act of quitting it is a spirit it is an idol that must be cast down and it's then an the light of Jesus. Yeah, and it can 100% turn into an addiction. Um, you know, because you, oh, you well, get that dopamine you do it. hit and, you know, because right. you could do good. it one time, right. Yeah. And I, I've heard that for men, these images are seared into their brain and they can remember them until they die. Mm -hmm. You have seared this into your brain. Yeah. I mean, and... Like another statistic that I came across that absolutely shocked me was porn is viewed more than Amazon Prime and Netflix combined Whoa, a day. That's just crazy. And because what? Because I think it's also like I, I mean I could be wrong, but I also feel like that could also like create a soul tie that way because it's like it's physical. And, like, you know, it, it's just like another lie from the devil that's like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. But – I mean, it caused, and it just causes so many problems in like, in the bodies of people. Like, it, it it creates depression, anxiety, mood disorders, sex addiction. It, um, mm -hmm. you know, sex use disorders, memory problems, and like erectile dysfunction. If you're a man, you know, because like it, you, it, you only need that to stimulate it. And so, like a regular right. intimacy with people, and right. I guess like like five to six percent of the population are porn addicts. And it and it and they and it, they've said it's ruined, not just like their marriages or their relation uh, of their relationships with like their husband or wife, but like with just everyone in general because it is completely. Oh yeah, can ruin your life absolutely. But like absolutely, there's, I mean, I I listen to two pastors. Um, one is Tim Ross from Dallas, and one is Michael Todd. Uh, in Oklahoma and they both were um, horrific porn addicts and they're like we mm. only found healing from that addiction through Christ because if we try to do it mm. on our own we would fail but he gives mm -hmm. us the strength to like go out of that and so it's just like mm -hmm. you know once again you are not your past you struggle with mm -hmm. it cool he'll he'll meet you where you're at mm -hmm. and he'll heal you from and it but it ruins marriages. And I feel like the devil has mm -hmm. like a, he has a task against marriage for sure. Oh, yeah. It's for healthy and happy marriages. You're, if you're doing porn, you do not have a healthy and happy marriage. And I can tell you that if you're a man, your wife feels less than. Yeah. She does not feel cherished. She does not feel secure. She does not feel loved. Yeah. And it's just not healthy to have anything above above God as like an idol. Um, mm -hmm. but he'll, he'll set you free from it. But yeah, I mean, sex is just weird though, Sonia, because like whether if it's with porn or just with other people, it 
like it's it puts you in chains for sure when it's outside the, the confines of of god's mm-hmm. boundaries and it's hard to and get god free knew from that yeah that's and why he, he put such that. hard boundaries on it right and that's why he said every sin a man sin he sins outside his body except this sin he sins against his own body yeah and it, it w- and that's that's why jesus made it very clear if you're doing this in your mind it's still sin yeah um what is oh gosh uh what is the verse um that says to completely flee from sexual immorality it's like first corinthians first corinthians 6 18 says to flee from it which means like Mm -hmm. run away from it and i think that's Mm -hmm. the only sin that um the bible says to run from like flee from like yeah we're not Mm -hmm. supposed to live in sin but that's the one that's like whatever you do run from this Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. don't stand and fight just leave just leave <laughs> your mind leave yeah and you know um another thing i told i told um a friend of mine you know uh, people are you know because i was ta- talking about reclaiming my purity and they're like well um men are going to want sex and so they're just not going to stay around if they if they if you're going to be um abstinent and i'm like okay then the t- trash takes itself out then and my mom was like <laughs> kitri i'm like what it's true. If they're not going to respect my boundaries mm-hmm. with my mm-hmm. body, like there, there's going to be other boundaries they're not going to respect either. Mm-hmm. So if they're not going to respect that, then the trash takes itself mm-hmm. out. <laughs> well, not only that, they are loving themselves and their flesh is what they think they need more yeah. than they are honoring God and his word and in the yeah. right way to do things. Absolutely. Absolutely. And before marriage you'll have sex with someone long spouse after marriage say can you say that one more time if you will have sex with someone before marriage you will have sex with someone that is not your spouse after marriage yep that is because you're feeding your flesh you're just giving into your flesh and the enemy's going to set it up he'll give you plenty of opportunity after marriage and one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control that's true. We have Temporary. to practice self-control, but mm-hmm. uh, our human will dies and w- will 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 not. Um, our human will can only go so far, but it's only after the the strength of Jesus that uh, that we can you know get out of those those situations or get out of that that's um, that mm-hmm. past. Well, I, for anyone that is struggling with this, know that there is freedom when Jesus died on the cross. There. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. He, when he ra- he was in the ground for three days and three nights, and when he was raised from the dead, he took back the keys to the kingdom from the enemy. So don't think, now the enemy will tell you, just like someone in the mafia, you'll never get out or we kill you. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you'll never get out alive. But that's not true. I know people, just like these pastors that were definitely. Uh, struggling with addiction, there is Jesus can break every chain, and these chains in your you, uh, Dr. Carolyn Leaf does this. Our brains are neuroplastic, and we can change. God made it that way. <clears throat> I love her. She's she talks really, really fast, and she has a little bit of an accent. She talks about your brain, and she's a brain, um, I don't know what she is. She's a brain expert. She's written a lot of books. 
and I, she has a free podcast. And if you looked her up on the web, Dr. Carolyn Leaf, she does address this about how to rewire your brain and about how to pull down the old path yep. in your brain and make form new ones. Oh, wow. um, it's amazing. It is amazing. And, you know, talking about your will, you, just like if you were going to quit smoking, you first start with your will. I choose with my will yep. to be tobacco free. If you have to say it a hundred times a day, I choose with my will to be tobacco free. You're telling your soul, you're telling your soul you're, with your will what you want your soul to do and what you want your soul to choose. That's yep. a powerful thing. You choose with your will. Yep. And, and that is the way to be free from any addiction. Yep. And Jesus, I mean, you think about this, the woman, uh, John 8, you know, that was caught in adultery, thrown down, probably naked, horrified, humiliated in front of the whole community. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you. Yep. Don't think Jesus is standing here if you're addicted to anything, that he's condemning you. John 3, 17, he, he said, I came, not, these are red letters, people, in the old King James, it was in red letters. For I came not into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. He came to save you. If you're listening to this, Jesus is here to save you. Amen. I don't think I could have said it better, and I don't think anyone else could have said it better. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's a, a, a good place to to stop. We've talked for an hour and 20 minutes and I could keep going okay. all day. <laughs> I know. Well, let's pray yeah. for anyone that would Absolutely. hear this. Absolutely. Did you want to pray, sister? I was going to have you do it. I love it when you pray. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Father, if we could just see you for who you truly are. We came from your heart. When we were in our mother's womb, you knit us together. You gave us that spirit. God, your greatest desire is that we would come back and spend eternity with you in heaven forever. And it is going to be better than anyone has ever told us. Mm. And God, as you hold this planet Earth in your hand, you are bigger than any demon. You are bigger than any addiction. You are bigger than any homelessness. You are bigger than any debt. You're bigger than any transgression. You are bigger than Jesus because of your victory that you won on the cross for us, we can step into victory ourselves. I pray, Father, I just pray grace and mercy. I plead the blood over everyone that would hear this podcast now or any time in the future, that they could feel the heart of God, that they could feel the yes. love of God. Break the, take out the heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. That Jesus crawled to the cross. He crawled to the cross to lay his life down, to bleed his last drop of blood for that person listening because he loves you. And there is nothing you can do to make him stop loving you. He will not. And he will call you until your last breath to love him back. I pray that you grab 
John 3, 17. You are not condemning us. You've come to save us. Come to save us from our idols, from our addiction, from our flesh. You love us, God. Help us to love you back. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Wow. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen. Well, Sonia, thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so, so much for being on. You just, you mean so much to me. And I just, I mean, yeah, I always, you know, I'll send you random texts and you always answer them and you're, you still mentor (laughs) me and you know, you never, you're never irritated when I'm like, help me, you know, and you just mean so much to me. So it's, it's an honor to have you on. And I just thank you so much. Thank you. Bless you. I am so excited about what God is doing in your life. Thank you. I am too. I I can, you know, he takes us from faith to faith and glory to glory. So. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, you have a blessed day. Thank you so much. All right. Love you. Love you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.